1: for listening tonight. My name is Sandman and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call para-reality. How's everybody doing out there? Hope that your 2023 has started off as a good one. I also hope that you haven't fallen into the age-old trap of making New Year's resolutions. It seems that everybody does that, and the New Year always brings in tons of new members to the local gyms, and I'm sure they love the first couple of months of every year because they make a ton of money. Anyway, like I said, I hope that you haven't fallen into the New Year's resolution trap. If you have, or heck, even if you haven't, I want you to do me a favor. Instead of making resolutions about all the things that you're going to do, why don't you flip it and make resolutions about all the things that you're not going to do? I think you might find those resolutions a little easier to keep. And now that I've given you something to think about, let's turn our attention To tonight's episode. More than 2,700 leaders across politics and business have gathered in Davos, Switzerland, for an annual conference called the World Economic Forum, or WEF. It's been going on since 1971, and this year's theme is cooperation in a fragmented world. The meeting, which allows some degree of Coordination among elites has long been targeted by conspiracy theorists. The theories reached a fever pitch after Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, published a book in 2020 called COVID-19, The Great Reset. You Never heard of the World Economic Forum? Never heard of Davos, Switzerland, for that matter? Do you know what the Great Reset is? Well, don't worry, because if you've never heard about those things, I'm going to be telling you about them tonight. You'll learn all about the WEF and the two big conspiracy, conspiracy theories that go along with it. But of course, as always, to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get to that... It's time to bring back the fan mail segment. So, okay, this really isn't fan mail. It really isn't listener email. It's just something that uh, I, I was going to do in the premiere episode last uh, last week, but I decided not to. Um, I just wanted to bring this to your attention, I guess. It would be a good way to speak. To, to, to say that so back in uh this last december december the 22nd to be exact i was uh outside one night about uh i was about 6 30 in the evening it was it had just gotten dark outside here in the nashville area and i looked up at the full moon and there was this chemtrail going across the sky and you know I'm a big chemtrail conspiracy theorist. And so um, I've made, I don't know, how many tweets about chemtrails in the skies uh, above, not only just above Nashville, but uh, above a lot of the places where I travel. And um, nighttime chemtrails, uh, well, they're they're becoming more and more prevalent. I, I'm not going to say that it's because they're Chemtrails were never sprayed at night, and now they're they're mysteriously being sprayed at night all of a sudden. I just think it's because we just uh, we're noticing noticing them a lot more or maybe they're they have been sprayed at night and and now they've just ramped up for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know. you, you know,, uh, but I'm not saying they've never been sprayed at night anyway. I'm a chemtrail conspiracy guy. and uh, so I just I took a picture and I made a tweet that said nighttime chemtrails are becoming more prevalent in the Nashville, Tennessee area. What about where you live? Has anyone noticed an increase? And um, I put the hashtag Chemtrails in that tweet, and uh, I got a couple of, uh, uh, and metaphorically speaking, a couple of responses. Um, it, it really, I guess because I put that hashtag of Chemtrail on there, it really... Sparked this huge debate on Twitter, and I got into my first ever Twitter war with someone, which is completely stupid. I can't believe that I allowed myself to get sucked in to a Twitter war by a, 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 a faceless internet bully. Uh, but uh, someone uh, who, who, by the way, I was going to um, um, read. The tweets that they sent me about in response to my tweet and uh, lo and behold this uh, internet bully's account has been suspended by Twitter go figure right so this person got on there and started uh, I don't even know what their Twitter name was and it doesn't even matter because I don't even think that I would, would say it because that's just not who I am but um, you know it's They got on there and immediately started calling me names, trying to belittle me, um, uh, make me upset, which they kind of, this person kind of did make me a little bit upset. And the whole reason that uh, I was upset with this person was not because they had an opinion that was different than mine. You know, it's okay to have an opinion that's different than somebody else's. That's one of the ways that we learn, you know. Um, It's one of the things that makes us... Individuals, you know, it's so it's okay to not agree with somebody on something, but just to to start calling someone names you don't even know this person, never even seen them, start calling them names, belittling them, you know, uh, trying to make them seem like they're they're an idiot or whatever, you know, that's just that's just plain old cyberbullying. And I called that person out as being a cyberbully. And, of course, that pissed them off, and we had a little exchange. And after about four or five little exchanges with this person, this, this went on over the course of just you know one single day. And I thought, you know, the best way to piss off a cyber bully is to ignore them. So that's exactly what I did. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ignore you from now on because you're not worth my time. And I'm I'm not going to be you know intimidated by a faceless cyberbully who doesn't have the guts to say these things to someone's face. So um, apparently this person continued to post, um, I guess, cyberbullying threats not only to myself but to other people. And now their Twitter account has been suspended, and hopefully for good. So what's what do I why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because. If you listen to this podcast, you're obviously into some of the same things that I'm into. One of those things would be conspiracy theories, which is what this episode tonight is, is going to be about. So if you're into these things, you probably follow other podcasters or, or other conspiracy theorists on Twitter. If you have a, a Twitter account or whatever form of social media that you that you use and it's okay to have a difference of opinion it's okay to not believe the same thing that somebody else believes in but what's not okay is to just be an a hole because you can the internet and social media makes it really really easy for people to be rude and cruel to each other. And I think most of these people who are doing rude and cruel things to, to people online and on social media, those people don't have the guts to say things like that to people's face because they're cowards. So if in your web surfing or social media surfing happen to come across someone who has a difference of opinion than you, or if you make a tweet about something or a Facebook post or Instagram post or whatever about something that uh, somebody else doesn't agree with and they start trying to cyber bully you and belittle you and call you names and make you seem stupid or make you seem like you have no idea what you're talking about. You know what? The best thing to do is to just totally ignore those people because if you engage with them, you're giving them the attention that they so desperately desire. And by ignoring them, not only are you not giving them a platform to uh, belittle you on and to, to bully you with... But you're also not feeding into those desires that they have to be the center of attention. And also it kind of pisses them off. So that's the moral of that story. I'm sure that over 95% of the people who listen to this podcast, if not 100% of you, are smart enough to not get into stupid Twitter wars and social media wars over stupid stuff. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is all I have to say about that. So uh, let's get on with the show, shall we? Okay, now that I've gotten off my soapbox, (laughs) I just had to get that off my chest. You know, I really, um, that person, I I can't believe, I I have always prided myself into not getting into these stupid cyber wars um, with people, and um, I let myself kind of uh, get sucked into that. And when I realized what I was doing, uh, like I said, I just totally ignored that person. And I'm I'm very, very glad that that person's account has been suspended because um, the world is full enough of a-holes, and we don't need to give them a platform to spread their Crap over. So let's get on. Let's talk about these Davos conspiracy theories. Many of the world's most powerful business leaders and politicians are currently gathered at Davos, a resort town in the Swiss Alps that has a year round population of a little over 10,000 people or so. The gathering is an annual event organized by the WEF, or World Economic Forum. This is a non-governmental organization, and according to them, they are dedicated to promoting dialogue and collaboration between business, government, and civil society, and that comes directly from the WEF. So this year's Davos Conference took place, and I'm calling it Davos because it always takes place in Davos, Switzerland. So this year's WEF conference took place from the 16th to the 20th of January. So it concluded earlier today, at the time that you're hearing this podcast, political attendees included U.S. Climate Envoy John Kerry, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and Chinese Vice Premier Liu He. Now, they were joined by business tycoons, including uh, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, the uh, head guy at Shell Oil, uh, whale Swannon and um, uh, Guntam Adani, who is the, uh, uh, he's, he's Indian, dot not feather, uh, he's an Indian businessman who's currently the third richest person in the world but the Hungarian American billionaire George Soros well he usually attends but this year he uh, sent his regrets because he said that they was in an unavoidable scheduling conflict with him which that raised a a little conspiracy theory thing going on there, is why isn't George Soros not attending? So with such an array of influential figures, it's surely no surprise that Davos attracts intense scrutiny and is the target of unverified or debunked conspiracy theories. So what I'm going to talk about is first of all, I'm going to explain a little bit about what the World Economic Forum is, what's happening here in Davos, and the two top conspiracy theories that surrounds the World Economic Forum. So just what is the WEF, the World Economic Forum? Well, today it's known as the World Economic Forum. It was founded in 1971 by Klaus Schwab, who is a German economist teaching at the University um, of Geneva. And he founded what was originally called the European Management Forum, or EMF. And according to the WEF's website, Schwab wanted to create an informal vehicle for business leaders to talk about key issues like better management techniques. And in February 1971, the EMF held its first meeting in the Swiss Alpine resort town of Davos. And this started the annual tradition that continues on to this day. So we're looking at over 50 years of annual meetings. Now, I don't think Of course, you know, it it started out as the uh, EMF, the uh, European Management Forum, changed to the World Economic Forum or the WEF, still the same group. And I don't think it's one of those things that is as popular among the conspiracy theory circuits as, say, the Bilderbergs or, you know, um, or even today um, when you talk about having – climate change forums, there's all kinds of um, conspiracy theories that surround those. But you you never really hear, uh, Bohemian Grove, you know, you hear all kinds of things about Bohemian Grove every year. You hear, you know, about the Bilderberg group every year. But very little, at least as far as I know, um, is ever said about the W.E.F., until just very recently, and that's thanks to that 2020 book. Um, So over the years, the organization grew, and it increasingly attracted high-powered people like political leaders and key figures from the business world. And
0: spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's ALBIRDS.com s.com code SUPER24. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. This
1: made it a lot bigger than I think what Klaus wanted it to be or imagined it being. I'm not saying, maybe I shouldn't say wanted it to be, but I think it was bigger than what he uh, thought it was going to be. It now became, its scope was international. So the EMF changed its name from the European Management Forum, because now we're global, to the World Economic Forum. And that happened back in 1987. Around a 1, thousand of the world's largest businesses were affiliated with the WEF as partners, typically having an annual turnover of at least $5 billion. Now, according to its mission statement, the WEF engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. Professor Daniel Hellinger, who is a Webster University academic and author of Conspiracy and Conspiracy Theories in the Age of Trump, told uh, uh, Newsweek not too long ago that the WEF has come to supplant other informal elite power networks. What he said was the IMF and the World Bank may have more formal institutionalized power over the world economy, economy. but the WEF brings together super affluent corporate leaders who meet one another with elites drawn from other political and social milieus. It's come to supersede Bilderberg and the Trilateral Commission as the most coherent and powerful network of elites who own and manage vast personal fortunes and corporations that have assets that seed some large countries. I was on the long quote, I know. So, in other words, the WEF now has more high powers, more political leaders, more um, wealthy members than the Trilateral Commission or maybe even the Bilderberg Group. So, You haven't heard about it because it hasn't been that popular as far as conspiracy theories goes. But now you're getting here recently, in the last couple of decades, you're getting more high-powered political leaders. You're getting more wealthy, wealthy businessmen. And now you have this book that was written in 2020 That just so happens to be written by the founder of this whole thing, and he talks about a great reset, and bam, you have Conspiracy Theory 101 subject right there. So what is happening at Davos? Well, you've got around 2,700 business leaders, civil society leaders, academics, politicians who are Asked to attend this year's Davos Summit, which by the way, you can only attend if you get invited. If you're if you're not invited, you're not going there, right? Kind of the same way with Bilderberg, Trilateral Commission, Bohemian Grove. Well, Bohemian Grove is more like a club. But still, you if you're not invited, you're not getting in. So the forum consists of a range of, of things. It's like a well, it's like, it's like a convention. It has conferences, meetings, and other events with a, a, a large number of topics under discussion. And along with its headline theme of cooperation in a fragmented world, this year's Davos meeting has five sub-themes. They're going to talk about inflation, the energy and food crisis, technological innovation, geopolitical risks, and social vulnerabilities. In total, there's going to be 51 heads of state at this meeting, including German, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and the presidents of South Korea, Spain, Poland, and even the Philippines. And those people are going to be joined by the uh, General Secretary of NATO, the IMF Managing Director, the head of the World Health Organization and the chief of the European Central Bank. So, high-powered politicians, high-powered wealthy wealthy businessmen and women. Swedish environmental campaigner Greta Thunberg who I am uh, uh, a little bit obsessed with. She's expected to make an appearance at the event this year as well, but there's been a little bit of hiccup in with that because um, she had some kind of uh, interaction, altercation, if you will, with the German police. And I don't know if Greta Thunberg is going to make it there or did make it there or not. I have no idea. Um, I would, I would, God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and hear what Greta Thunberg would have to say at the WEF man. That would be that would that would have been awesome to have done that. So, that's a little bit of history about Davos, the WEF and what's going on there. So, this leads us to the conspiracy theories, which is the heart of the show, right? This is why we're here. Well, there are two main conspiracy theories that are surrounding the WEF conference. The first one I'm going to talk about, well, before I get into that, let me say this. The annual Davos meetings, they've been the target of conspiracy theories for quite a while, even though it's not that... Mainstream, as I use my air quotes, as far as the world of conspiracy theories go, but there's there's been a lot of conspiracy theories thrown out about them over the years, which generally argue an unaccountable elite secretly uses the forum to plot their control over the world to the detriment of the rest of humanity, all of us low lives, right? There are people who believe a little bit more extreme, Uh, often connected to um, former President Donald Trump, uh, QAnon movement, and people like that, they falsely believe that the WEF acts as a sanctuary for pedophiles and Satanists. I don't know why pedophilia, over the last decade, has become such a hot button topic in the world of conspiracy theories but man you can have any kind of conspiracy theory that you want and just put pedophile in it and bam you are you've got yourself you know something to talk about it's just it's disgusting is what it is to me then you add satanism in there because well, if you're if you're a pedophile, certainly you have to be a Satanist, right? Because you can't have one without the other. If you're a Satanist, you're a pedophile automatically. And if you're a pedophile, you're a Satanist automatically. You, you can't have one without the other. So says QAnon and all the Republicans out there. <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, and I'm getting on my soapbox. The News Punch website, which published a number of stories based on conspiracy theories, it got... Thousands of shares on its social media sites for a story that it incorrectly claimed that the WEF said pedophiles will save humanity. That's right. They published this. This website published the fact that that the, or not the fact, but they published erroneously, falsely the WEF publicly has said pedophiles are going to save humanity. I don't know how pedophilia can save humanity. That makes no sense. If you think about just the, how absurd that statement is, you know that it's not true. That's one of the most absurd statements that you could possibly make. That's one of my telltale signs for how to believe a conspiracy theory is true or not. If you look at what the core belief and what they, they stand for and what they say, and it, it's so blatantly absurd that it doesn't make sense, then there's nothing to it. So they're saying that the WF W E F publicly said pedophiles will save human humanity. Uh, And it went on to falsely say that the WEF chairman, Klaus Schwab, called pedophilia nature's gift to humanity, and they falsely claimed a paper had been presented at a previous WEF conference saying that pedophilia is nature's attempt to cleanse the earth and save humanity from itself. I don't understand how in the hell... That makes any sense to anybody. But once again, if you're trying to do clickbait on your website or you want to get your five minutes of fame for promoting a conspiracy theory, just say something absurd and put pedophilia in there and bam, there you go. Of course, these claims were dismissed as baseless by a reputable news agency, the Associated Press. And uh, the WEF's uh, head of media relations said that this is, of course, completely made up. I confirm that the World Economic Forum never made any statement of this kind and has never produced such a research paper. And, of course, if you're a conspiracy theorist and you believe that uh, they are trying to promote pedophilia to save humanity, then your response to that would be, well, of course they would say that. So, you know, you're... Going down the, the rabbit hole there, you know, it's a never-ending argument. Look, part of the appeal of conspiracy theories is that, as humans, we're predisposed to look for and see patterns in things and see them even when they aren't there. However, some people wrongly think that conspiracy theories play on our emotions and tend to be very simple and and engaging stories which are just they're just attention grabbing and seductive to people with low levels of information discernment being particularly vulnerable to these things. While it's true that some Conspiracy theories are simple in nature. I think that most of them are very complex and a deep dive into their beliefs. But once again, I want to say, and when I say their beliefs, I mean the beliefs of the people who are doing the conspiracy theory or who, who buy into it. But once again, if one fired way to know, if a conspiracy theory has any teeth to it or not, it's to look at their core beliefs. And if it makes absolutely no sense, such as pedophilia will save humanity, then there's nothing to it. It's nothing but bunk that someone made up. Some dude sitting in his mom's basement wanting his five minutes of fame made it up just like the whole QAnon thing, if you look at the core belief of what QAnon was based upon and the things that, that quote unquote Q was saying in his Q drops made no freaking sense whatsoever. So you'd know that that wasn't, I mean, of course now, you know, looking back on it, you can say, well, there was absolutely nothing to it whatsoever, but, Look at what that person did or those people did. They duped millions of people into believing their conspiracy theory and had people just in a frenzy and helped to cause a violent insurrection threatening our very democracy here in the United States. So that's how powerful conspiracy theories can be. But if you look at the core, and what they believe, what they say, just makes utterly no sense, then don't buy into it. It's it's bunk. But if what they're saying has some value to it, if it's believable on some form some uh, or another, if it has a kernel of truth in there, then maybe, just maybe, there's something to it. So, that's my little soapbox about conspiracy theories there. So, while some of the wilder conspiracy theories aimed at the WEF are, are obviously clearly wrong, the group is influential, and it does have a little bit of a questionable accountability to it. So, look at it. You you're, have all of these wealthy, wealthy people, politicians, politicians, people who are, have great influence in the world and they're meeting in a, in a high-class ski resort with strict limits on public access. So you have the, the, the base makings of a conspiracy theory right there, right? And the WEF may not be able to leverage financial resources to force policies on reluctant governments or shape the world economy, but it is in these off-limit hallways and conference rooms that powerful and wealthy meeting space where elites try to reach a consensus about how to defend and promote economic globalization. So, there's these roots of conspiracy theories that are there. And this kind of networking may not just necessarily constitute a conspiracy, but it doesn't represent a transparent and democratic way to address global problems. So you have a group that is very similar to the Bilderbergs, very similar to Bohemian Grove, very similar to the Trilateral Commission, where you have all of these influential people, these high-powered people, elites, if you want to call them that, that are meeting to discuss world economy, world problems, trying to solve hunger, trying to solve you know, the problem of war, trying to promote peace or whatever it is that they're trying to do, but yet they're doing it behind closed and locked doors, and the people can't access it, the meetings, and they don't make their, their findings or their talks public. So you have the seeds here for all of these conspiracy theories for these groups, and it's just a breeding ground for people to come up and sit around and think about, God, what is going on? there has got to be nefarious. There's got to be Satanists in there having sex with the little children. There, there can be no other thing, right? There can be nothing good coming out of this. It's easy to think that is it is a lot more fun to think that than it would be to think that there's just some dudes sitting around and they're all boring and they're talking about how um you know how can we uh produce more corn. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean it's 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 more fun to think of that, which is one of the ways that conspiracy theories gain ground because it's it's fun to think about that. I'm a conspiracy theorist myself. Hell if I wasn't, I wouldn't be talking about these things, right? Okay, so getting back to this, uh, there is a guy by the name of Joseph Usnitsky, uh, who is a University of Miami uh, academic, and he wrote a book uh, called American Conspiracy Theories, and he said that many people don't know much about international bodies like the WEF, but the way that they're run is really suspicious. And he said that, and I quote, I'm not sure that most people know who the IMF, World Bank, or W-E-F are. Maybe a few people online know about these organizations and actively accuse them of conspiracy. Oftentimes, people don't always have details about specific groups or their activities, but just think that rich, powerful people are pulling strings from behind the scenes. So... That's exactly what's going on with Davos. If you've got rich, powerful people who are meeting behind closed doors in a group that not a lot of people know about, like it's some sort of secret club or something, and you automatically have these seeds for conspiracy theory. So what are the two main conspiracy theories that are going around, circulating, making the rounds on the Internet about the WEF and their Davos summit. Well, the first one is that Switzerland is deploying 5,000 troops to the WEF. Now, as the group was preparing to host its annual conference in the Swiss Alps and at Davos, social media, well, social media was suggesting that there was an infantry of soldiers that was going to be flown in to oversee this whole conference. Uh, there was a, There's a, a Twitter account by the Wall Street Silver. It's called Wall Street Silver. Uh, it posted on January the 12th, which was just a few days ago, and uh, this tweet was viewed more than 2 million times. It got 27,000 engagements, and this tweet said... 5000 troops to protect WEF in Davos are they expecting trouble and it included a screen grab of an article that had a headline Switzerland to deploy 5000 army troops to protect World Economic Forum meeting in Davos now many misleading claims have been attached to Davos and its organizing body including that the WEF the WEF had its has its own police force allegedly seen at the event. And the newest claim about a troop of 5,000 soldiers being sent in to protect the WEF is also misleading. The article screen grab that was shared on Twitter by the account Wall Street Silver is actually from the Hal Turner radio show website. Now, this is run by a guy, obviously, by the name of Hal Turner. He's a right-wing conspiracy theorist who, according to the FBI, was sentenced to 33 months in prison back in 2010. Why was he sentenced for to, to 33 months in prison? Well, he threatened not one, not two, but three federal appeals court judges. And... He has been using his website since its founding to spread numerous other false claims about you name it. Now, while this headline about the 5,000 troops is obviously wrong and totally fabricated, there is a chroma of truth in the article the screen grab came from. Now, it states that the Swiss federal government set a ceiling of 5,000 troops who will serve in support during the WEF, which will run from January 10 to 26. As statements on the Swiss Armed Forces' website show, these security arrangements aren't new. They've been approved for previous WEF meetings. Also, crucially, a maximum of 5,000 soldiers have been assigned but not necessarily deployed to Davos. This year, in 2023, the Armed Forces once again supported the civilian authorities in carrying out security tasks in connection with the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum. This comes from the website of the WEF. So you have 5000 troops that are available if something happens and you need them. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be deployed. That doesn't mean that if they are deployed that all 5000 of them would be I wouldn't know see why the hell would you have to deploy 5000 troops to this thing, but whatever. Now the parliament approved this maximum of 5,000 soldiers on these civil uh, civil affairs support operations from 2022 to 2024. And the, this year's WEF meeting is going to be held, like I said, or it, it was held from the 16th to the 20th of this month, January. but the mission that the army has goes from the 10th of January, So six days before, a week before, to the 26th of January, or six days after, roughly a week after. Further information online details that the SAF duties at the WEF include things like protecting objects, airspace, persons, and providing logistical support and coordinating medical services should those things be needed. The armed forces play no part in law enforcement services, which are the responsibility of the police. The soldiers carry out their missions in accordance with the ordinance on the police powers of the armed forces. The Swiss government has approved an assignment of up to 5,000 troops to Davos during this conference. However, this doesn't mean that all 5,000 will be deployed, just like I said. As, As the social media posts suggest that they will be, nor will they participate in law enforcement because that remains under the umbrella of the local police. This misleading social media post about Davos included a screen grab, grab from a website that has a track record of misleading the public and purposely putting out misinformation and false news stories. So you got to look at where this intel came from, and it came from a hack radio show from some weird dude named Hal Turner, who is a right-wing conspiracy theorist. So I'll have to say that that conspiracy is officially debunked. Now I know you're like you're you're a conspiracy theorist and you're debunking this conspiracy aren't you undermining what you're you're trying to accomplish here? No, because I think and I've gone on record many times saying this as a conspiracy theorist we need to be responsible for what it is that we are saying whatever conspiracies that we believe in we need to be responsible and we need to to not purposely try to mislead people, and we don't need to purposely try to come up with a conspiracy or say things about some sort of conspiracy to incite violence amongst the people. Alex Jones is a very, very good example of this. he I'm not saying that he deserves jail time, but he certainly does deserve to not be heard anymore. He deserves to go away and hide under a rock somewhere and be forgotten by history. And this Hal Turner person is trying to follow the Alex Jones model of shock and awe to get his 15 minutes of fame. And I think he's flirting dangerously with um, doing some bad Alex Jones stuff, but I'm not going to get into that. So, no, I don't think that by debunking a conspiracy, I don't think that I am undermining my credibility as a conspiracy theorist or undermining the show. I've often said, by the way, that you know, if I have a conspiracy theory that I believe in, IE Kim trails, if I am proven wrong,
2: more than once, actually. Do
3: I have to say? Yes, you do.
2: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
3: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I don't mind. I don't mind being wrong about stuff like that. You know, I mean, no one really likes to be wrong about things. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if there's scientific proof that says, hey, all these things about chemtrails are stupid and uh, here's the proof and we've got it and you it's, you can't debunk this, then I'll be the first person to be like, eh, you know, okay, I was duped or I believe wrong or whatever. You know, so, no, I don't think that by debunking this conspiracy theory about Five thousand troops being deployed is uh, undermining anything with this podcast. So, what's the second conspiracy theory about this? Well, this is what this all come down to, and that's the Great Reset. That's the whole reason that I'm doing this episode is the Great Reset. In 2020, WEF Chairman Klaus Schwab published a book called "Covid 19: The Great Reset." Now. This book talked about how the coronavirus could impact the world, and it was quickly seized on by conspiracy theories. For some radical activists, the term the Great Reset came to mean uh, that uh, the belief that global elites were using COVID-19 as an opportunity to roll out radical policies like forced vaccination Digital ID cards and the renunciation of of uh, private property, which none of those things have happened. No one's been forced to get a vaccine, a vaccination. We don't have digital ID cards for for everything, and you still have all of your property that you owned. So, discussing what he believed. The Great Reset would be on his Fox News show, and I I hate this guy. Tucker Carlson said, and I'm quoting, This is what it looks like. The people in charge doing whatever they want because they're in charge. There will be no live music in the Great Reset. Choirs will be illegal unless they are singing the praises of Kamala Harris. Christmas will be banned. Sorry, put on your mask and spend the holidays alone. Good luck. Mike Rothschild, and that's just so stupid. I can't. I cannot believe this guy has a television show. Anyway, Mike Rothschild wrote a book called uh, The Storm is Upon Us, How QAnon Became a Movement, Cult, and Conspiracy Theory of Everything. He says that the Great Reset Theory had turned the WEF into a major target or conspiracy campaigners. The WEF conspiracy theories are a fairly new thing. It's a fairly new phenomenon spawned almost entirely by the WEF chairman, Klaus Schwab's book, that was released back in 2020. Uh, the Great Reset. And Schwab saw the pandemic as an opportunity to redefine how we work, travel, and consume. But conspiracy theorists took this and applied it to the New World Order slash UN Agenda 21 conspiracy theories and decided that it was a blueprint for humanity to be either destroyed or enslaved with only the elites surviving. Now, it's nothing new if you've been studying this stuff for a long time but it feels very cutting edge simply because of the emphasis on COVID. It's also got a scary sounding name, The Great Reset. It freaks people out, especially when you pitch it alongside conspiracy theories and hoaxes. This conspiracy first surfaced in June of 2020, or at least it Sur- first surface in earnest in June of 2020 after the after the uh, WEF forum introduced the great reset initiative which was an effort to reduce global inequality and av- advance environmental initiatives in the wake of the devastation of the coronavirus now the great reset conspiracy theorists say that this announcement nothing more than proof that the global elites want to use the coronavirus as a tool to reorganize global societies and economies to benefit at the expense of ordinary people, with the ultimate goal being a global totalitarian regime. In an October 2020 open letter that was addressed to then President Donald Trump that has since become a cornerstone for the Great Reset conspiracy, the Catholic Archbishop, yes, there's a Catholic archbishop involved in this. His name is Carlo Maria Vigneo. He wrote, and here is what he wrote A global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of entire populations. In several nations, this plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it is still in an early stage. Behind the world leaders who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project, there are unscrupulous characters who financed the World Economic Forum and Event 201, promoting their agenda. Vigno, who is a controversial Catholic leader, has spent the last several years just mired in a series of controversies surrounding uh, sex abuse allegations in the Catholic Church. He paints this bleak portrait of the future where elites use promises of things like universal incomes and debt cancellation to impose a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of measures of liberty and demand the renunciation of private property and adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21, whatever COVID-21 is. Those who refuse will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest and all their assets will be seized. That's what this dude is saying. This is a Archbishop of the Catholic freaking Church, which has a lot more problems that it needs to be concerned about other than this kind of conspiracy theorist. Now, this guy needs to he needs to lose his job just for promoting this conspiracy theory yet alone all the the freaking say you want to talk about pedophilia <laughs> there's a huge conspiracy theory with the catholic church and pedophilia but you don't hear a lot of stuff talking about that on conspiracy theory shows maybe that's what i need to do my next conspiracy theory episode on is the conspiracy theory of pedophilia in the catholic church ooh that might get me banned off of YouTube again. Mm. I've had several. I've had a couple of videos banned off YouTube. Not uh, not videos, but audio uploads of my podcast. I upload those to uh, YouTube, and I've had a I've had a couple of episodes that have been uh, kicked off of the air by YouTube, which is crazy because I don't really think that I've ever done anything that should warrant me getting banned from YouTube, but whatever, whatever. So on November 16th, 2020, the Great Reset began to trend on Twitter with nearly 80,000 tweets, many of which included a video of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking during a uh, UN video conference uh, in September of that year. Now, he was saying that the pandemic provides an opportunity for a reset to accelerate the pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. He also used the phrase, building back better, which theorists connected to Joe Biden's presidential campaign slogan, Build Back Better. And, and it used as evidence that the two are collaborating in this conspiracy. With
2: the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Campaign this conspiracy theory. Just because Trudeau used the phrase "building back better," and Biden's campaign slogan was "build back better," doesn't mean they're colluding. <laughs> Whatever. So uh, by late December of 2020, Twitter actively, uh, Twitter activity around the uh, the Great Reset had diminished a little bit, but the phrase was still showing up in at least a thousand tweets a day. A thousand tweets a day. That's a lot of tweets a day. And that was the diminished numbers. So you look at 80,000 tweets, that's that's a lot. But a thousand tweets is still a lot, in my opinion. So one can see long-standing and familiar right-wing conspiracy tropes at play in the Great Reset conspiracy, including the notion that a group of elites are working to undermine national sovereignty and individual freedoms, references to a new world order, and the idea that these malicious actors will seek to exploit a catastrophic incident like a global pandemic to advance their agenda. A common undercurrent among proponents is a mistrust of vaccines, which they believe will be forced upon the people to fulfill the nefarious objectives of Bill Gates or the pharmaceutical industry or whatever. Now, there are strains of the conspiracy that also delve into the darker territory, and some have alleged that the WEF and the global elites are engaged in a transhuman project in which humans will be fused with machines and forced to be subservient to the elites. As conspiracy theorist Spiros Sikornis says in a video that has been viewed more than 400,000 times on YouTube, he says this is not about saving the planet. This is not about equality. This is about control. They want to redefine what it means to be human and determine for you, your role, and your future of being essentially a transhumanist cyborg integrated into this new control grid where we will be unable to distinguish organic life from artificial. We won't even have access to our own thoughts or we'll have access to them, but we won't even be able to control our own thoughts and emotions because they're going to do that for us because we're going to be tied into their grid system. So the whole entire world, except for the elites, are going to be turned into some sort of transhuman thing. That's a lot coming from yeah, that's just a lot coming from a group that's that's 2,700 members strong. You'd think there had to be more people than that to pull it off. But it's 2,700 members of uh, the elite and powerful, so who knows? Maybe they can do it. Similar fears have been expressed on a variety of far-right and conspiracy-oriented websites. While many propose that the Great Reset is the function of global elites, capitalizing on just this particular moment. There have been those that have gone a little step further. Uh, Andrew Anglin, who runs the neo-Nazi website, The Daily Stormer, he said in uh, an article back in November 11th uh, that the coronavirus was, and I quote, manufactured in order to introduce this new global system. His theory that the virus is not only being taken advantage of by global elites but was purposefully created by them has provoked even more dangerous rhetoric in extremist spaces. So once again, here we are getting back to what I was talking about, about being a conspiracy theorist, but you got to be responsible for what it is that you're saying. He's not being responsible. And beyond conspiracy theorists lurking on the Internet... The Great Reset conspiracy also been propagated by influential conservative authorities, too. Though these figures differ in how they engage with the conspiracy, for example, in speculating about who is responsible and just how apocalyptic the Great Reset will be, they're all disseminating variations of the conspiracy to to their sizable audiences. And this gives this conspiracy... Uh, the disguise, the guise of legitimacy, and it spreads fear regarding future actions by the Biden administration and other elites. They're particularly focused on any potential response to the coronavirus pandemic that's been going on. Just here, here are just a few examples of influential public figures who have boosted the Great Reset Conspiracy Theory. First, we have um, on her November 13th show, Laura Ingram described the global reset as a way for powerful people to use this pandemic as a way to try to force radical social and economic change across the continents. The fact that the fact is all the signs point to Joe Biden's team being fully on board with this cynical and sick subversion of American independence and sovereignty. And then you have Glenn Beck, who's discussed the Great Reset several times on his show. And he described the Great Reset as the plan cooked up by the World Economic Forum and it will use the threat of COVID and climate change to force private businesses and corporations into bending the knee to their government overlords. And Ben Shapiro, he disputes the notion that global elites have brokered the Great Reset. He still asserts that the phenomenon is very real, though. Rather than... Simply being a work of global elites, he says that the Great Reset is an attempt by members of the political left to grab control of things they do not own and leverage those things on behalf of their own interests. Now, while he argues that the global elites are not able to manipulate events, he reapplies the tropes of the great reset to American politics, linking the objectives of international figures like Klaus Schwab with the American figures such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the progressive squad as he calls them, and he warns that this will not be the first or last time that the great that you see the great reset. They're going to see it. With regard to climate change, you're going to see it with regard to COVID, and you'll see it whenever the next crisis appears on the horizon. And if there's no crisis, they'll manufacture a crisis for you. Even Steve Bannon, the former White House advisor, it's not just a White House advisor, senior White House advisor to back then President Donald Trump, he said the Great Reset It's just globalization on steroids, a combination of state capitalism and authoritarian rule is going to be used to help depopulate the earth, kind of like an Agenda 21 type deal. And, of course, you can't exclude Alex Jones. And I I hate to even utter his name, but Alex Jones even – dedicated a portion of his show to a speech that was given by another Catholic prominent Catholic figure this time it was Cardinal Raymond Burke and in in this speech the Cardinal says about the coronavirus that it has been used by certain forces uh, for families and to the freedom of nations to advance their evil agenda. These forces tell us that we are now the subjects of the so-called Great Reset, the new normal, which is dictated to us by their manipulation of citizens and nations through, the, through ignorance and fear. Now, Alex Jones had previously said that the Great Reset was a plot by globalists to teach us to not have money and to be poor, and that's how you save yourself, is not having a car, going to a job, and then we're going to dictate to you how to live your life now. Klaus Schwab, the head of the Davos Group, and this globalist spokesman, and I'm, I'm quoting Jones still here, they're all admitting that they're just using this as a pretext to shut down society and consolidate power to themselves. So, even Jones is, he can't even decide which one, which conspiracy theory he wants to start promoting. First, he's going to do that, and then he's going to talk about what Cardinal Raymond Burke said. So, whatever he thinks is going to garner him more money and get him more fame and attention. So, there you have it. There are the two major conspiracy theories surrounding the World Economic Forum that just concluded earlier today on January 20th, 2023. So in conclusion here, here's what I think. The popularization of the Great Reset is just another example of the recent rise of conspiracy theories which continue to establish footholds on mainstream social media channels. When left unchecked, conspiracies like the Great Reset carry the risk of undermining faith in democratic institutions by casting its leaders as part of a globalist plot and can even lead to further threats of violence against government officials. And as I have said several times in this podcast, I'm going to Say it one more time. As a conspiracy theorist, which I am, we must be responsible with the theories and the ideas that we promote. We must not, and I cannot stress this enough, as a conspiracy theorist, we must not promote anything that has to do with violence against another human being or even animals. And some of these conspiracy theories about the Great Reset are borderli- bordering on calling for violence. And when you are When you have a forum, which anybody today can have a forum, look at me, I am, really, I'm nobody, and I have my own podcast that I've been doing for, this is the 17th year. So I have a forum, I have a a platform to speak. Everybody in the world does now, thanks to the power of the Internet. But if you have that platform and you are so popular that you have millions and millions of listeners who hang on your words and you promote violence against somebody else. The chances that there are some unstable people who are listening to what you have to say is very high. And the consequences for you saying things that you shouldn't, well, those are on you. So let's be responsible as conspiracy theorists. And if there are conspiracy theorists out there who are not being responsible and they're trying to promote distrust and violence, then we need to make them accountable for their actions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is those are my two cents in this whole thing. Well, that about does it for this episode of Parareality. I hope that you enjoyed my rants tonight. If you want to leave a comment about anything that I had to say on the podcast tonight, or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me, because there are a few different ways you can do it. First of all, the Fastest, best, and easiest way is to just simply email me. that sandman at parareality.com. Or if you've got Facebook, you can go to the official Parareality Facebook page. It's at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can post a message on my wall or slide right into my DMs there. If you have a Twitter or an Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those. My username is at Parareal Radio. That's at Parareal Radio. And finally, you can always call the podcast. I have a line that goes right into the secret bunker here at the podcast. And the number is 615 692 1170. That number to call, once again, is 615 692 1170. And you can call that any time of the day or night. Leave me a message on the studio line. But I want you to remember this. If you decide to leave me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. So if you do not want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in that message. So those are all the ways that you can get in contact with me here on Parareality. And by the way, if you do decide to call, there is a three-minute time limit, I believe, on the, uh, the voice message. So if you get cut off, just call back, pick up where you left off. Don't forget to visit my website, Parareality.com. That's a place where you can not only listen to the podcast, but you can keep up with the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. It's right there on the Para News tab on the homepage. You can also shop in the Para Reality store, watch some really shitty videos that I've made for the show over the years, and listen to the podcast archives. I've got tons of audio on the website, and it's all available for free. It's right there on the archive section of the website. And you can find all that content for free. That's parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. Speaking of the podcast, I can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Para Reality or, say, Para Reality Podcast. If you have a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you got any of those podcast skills on your device, just say, hey, play the Para Reality Podcast. Remember I said I was talking about YouTube earlier? I do have a YouTube account, and you can listen to the podcast there too. Yes, I do upload all of the audio to YouTube because there's a lot of people who actually listen to the podcast on YouTube. It's also full of some videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries. I got a little news segment that I did a couple of times. I I, I need to bring that back called News of the Strange. And it's also got some terrible videos that I did back when I was trying to do a a, a video podcast back several, several, several years ago. I was trying to do it by myself and didn't have all the the nice equipment that I've got now. It's horrible, but hey, I got it up there for your enjoyment. So to find the channel, just go to uh, youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. That's the number one at the end of parareality or you just go to YouTube and search for Reality One. Pretty easy. Well, everybody, the next episode of Reality is going to drop on Friday, February the 3rd at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, great weekend, and I'll see you again in two weeks. Good night, everybody.
3: If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.